December the 14th, uh, I tested positive for COVID and my wife shortly after tested positive. So we spent two weeks at the house. Uh, about the time I was coming out of COVID, um, I found out my friend Darla had COVID. So the 26th I was tested and I don't care if you believe in this illness or not, when they tell you you have it, your heart's gonna sink. Um, by New Year's Day, I was so sick and I couldn't breathe while laying down and I hurt so bad sitting up and I kept telling my doctor, I can't come in, I have Bella. They're not gonna let me take Bella to the hospital. I have no one to leave her with. And so uh, we started thinking about who could keep her granddaughter and Daryl Malden sent out an email to the church and asked for help or anybody that could respond to that. And one of the first uh, people that responded to me was uh, Calvin Donaghy and he said uh, we could make room for her if we need to and uh, so I told him the situation about COVID I said her granddaughter has been exposed to COVID and uh, so that may cause a problem he said we will just have to work around that problem we'll just have to work with that problem and that was his that was his way of saying that we'll help no matter what and I was at Hendricks, where you normally have a long wait. And I was there 15 minutes, and they'd already told me I was being admitted because I had COVID pneumonia. Well, um, that day, a friend of mine, since second grade, she was in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. I didn't even know. But another friend of ours knew I was at the hospital, and so he called and let me know that she passed away that day of COVID pneumonia. It's a very emotional illness because it, it it's like it, picks and chooses and you know we grew up in the same neighborhood the same schools and she died from it and I got to go home and so there's there's guilt a lot of guilt with that because one person will have a headache and that's their only symptom and someone else dies tell us how the church cared for you after uh, you got home. I can't we were just overwhelmed by text messages phone calls uh, little cards of encouragement and the food. Someone brought food to my house every night from the 5th day of January to the 20th day of January. The church was amazing. Um, I don't know what we'd have done otherwise. Would you stand for a reading of the word from Ephesians 2? You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated Him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. So when uh, Shane called on uh, Thursday, he said, could you preach Sunday? I said, sure, I can't imagine anything I'd rather do. Um, and uh, he gave me the choice, as you would expect, that I could either just preach whatever I wanted to or I could preach what he was supposed to be preaching. And uh, I said, well, what are, you, what are you supposed to be preaching? And he says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, uh, my church is sort of a big deal from Ephesians and I said, that's great, I can, I can do that for sure. And then I got to thinking about it. That's what I always do. I say yes, and then I think about it. Um, okay, what, what do I want to say about that in these kind of weird days? Uh, how many of you are like me and had never worn one of these in public until COVID? You raise your hand. Okay, that's most of you. That's a new experience, isn't it? Um, I had never before COVID ever, ever Zoomed once in my life. And unless you count that time that mad little uh, chihuahua was chasing me. Um, and uh, I Zoomed a lot now. I wouldn't say I'm an ex exactly an expert on Zoom, but I can, I can Zoom with the best of them. And... Um, I've Zoomed with lots of, lots of ministers in the last, uh, last several months, and it's almost always around the same question. What is church going to be like on the other side of this? Has church changed forever? What, what's church going to be when this is over? So, Here's one of the problems is when I take a topic like my church is sort of a big deal, you bring all sorts of assumptions about church before I ever get a word out. You have all of these notions in your mind about what that, about what that might mean. And there's, there's no way I can... I can do anything about that. I can't deprogram you, but I'm, I'm wondering if we can at least for a moment sort of just kind of take that and put that to a side or put it at the back of our mind and let Ephesians say some things to us about why church, the church, and my church is sort of a big deal. Um, the book of Ephesians says that God's plan always was to take human beings and create a new community among them. Um, one of the fights uh, I want to pick with uh, American evangelicalism is um, they, they tend to make salvation all about the individual. But the fact of the matter is, uh, any old puny God could have saved you. It's not that big a deal. But this God, 
the God who makes himself known in Jesus Christ, the God of Scripture has a bigger plan. And God's not going to just save an individual. He is going to put them together in a new community. And I don't know if you've noticed, that is a lot harder. That takes big God, not small God. And God has intended this from the very beginning. And in fact, when God is done, all creation will be brought together in new community. That's where it has always been headed. Um, sometimes in my uh, less cautious moments, I have said, uh, in heaven, we will experience the kind of relationships that we have in the church. And, and then I notice that that makes some people want to consider the alternative. Uh, um, well, okay, I, I, I get that. Uh, but the church is intended to be the down payment, the preparation on God's dream for the ultimate community. And the reason it's kind of a big deal is it's God's idea. It's God's dream. And that makes it big. Um, the other thing I, I, I want to point out, I can't resist doing just a little bit of, uh, you know, pseudo-academic pseudo stuff, is uh, pseudo-academic, that's what I do, I, real academic, I waste of time. Um, the idea of church was actually and is quite revolutionary. Uh, the church emerged out of a world where bringing people of different races and social classes and genders and religions together simply wasn't done. It was a very stratified world. The world was made up of citizens and non-citizens. The world was made up of slave owners and slaves. The world was made up of Jews and Gentiles, and uh, they actually, in terms of kind of, of social interaction, didn't have very much to do with each other. That's the way it was. That's the way it always had been. And the notion that slaves and slave owners would be in the same church. And in Ephesians, the most astounding idea that Jews and Gentiles would be in the same church was absolutely revolutionary. It is so revolutionary that the writer of Ephesians says, it is the mystery that is now revealed. It's the big reveal. Uh, and if you haven't been paying attention, it's still revolutionary. Um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to preach this sermon in the wake of, um, of an election, and the monumental failure of the church to be a place 
where Democrats and Republicans regularly get together to pray to the same God for each other. It's still revolutionary. It's just easier to do church with people who are just like you. There's only one problem with that. That's not quite church yet. I don't know what that is, but that's not quite church yet. That's not the vision of God. Uh, The vision of God is where you have this new community that is brought together of people of all sorts, and that is a really big deal. That's not kind of a big deal. It's a really big deal. In fact, it's the hope of the world. It's really the last place where there's any hope of that really happening. Um, So it's such a big deal that right before the passage that we read in Ephesians 2, right there at the end of Ephesians 1, Paul describes the church as, are you ready for this, the fullness of Christ. And I think, okay, you have really gone off the rails. The fullness of Christ. Yeah. Well, the church certainly can't add anything to Christ's dignity or his deity. In what sense could the church be the fullness of Christ? And, and Paul surely means in terms of his mission. The church fills out, fulfills the mission of Christ. And in fact, because of the doctrine of the incarnation, Jesus Christ becoming flesh, we become, through the Spirit of God, are you ready for this, Christ to one another. Uh, We see in each other Jesus Christ. And we attract attempt to be to one another Jesus Christ Um, when I try to tell people how to live their day it's always the same be the Christ see the Christ today that's what it means to be the church Um, I was listening to the uh, the story on the video it's really quite moving and um it's probably did the same thing to me it did to you. It made you think of a hundred others. Um, it, it brought me to mind of several students I've had through the years that the church saved. They would have died. They'd have been in jail. They'd been living under a bridge because their families fell apart for various reasons and failed them, and the only thing that was left that saved them was the church. Some youth minister, some youth group, some older Christian who said, I will be to you parents and grandparents when you have none, the church saved them. And when I bring to mind those faces, 
That's a pretty big deal. Um, a, uh, a, another minister, preacher, uh, much better than I am, uh, many years ago before his untimely death, tried to describe this reality by saying, I have a dream. I don't know what you would think he was talking about, but what he was really talking about was church. He had a dream. He said, I have a dream. Where Democrats and Republicans are sitting in the basement of the church, praying to the same God, and talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a dream of where people are praying in different languages. And they don't even, always even know what each other's saying, but they know they're praying to the same God. And they know they're praying for one another. And they all recognize, amen, as they pray together. And it's the dream that hedge fund managers and those whose lives have been devastated financially by COVID are sitting together and asking themselves, how can we be brother and sister to one another in this moment? And I have no idea what church after COVID will look like, but this dream, will never die. That is a very big deal. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore, world without end. Amen.